Welcome to the podcast, 10 Solutions for a Feminist Climate Resilient Recovery. I am Maria Lee from the global network, WOCAN, Women Organizing for Change in Agriculture and Natural Resource Management. The current global crisis presents a unique opportunity to put climate resilience at the center of the conversation around what is important and how to build a better future for all. The solutions to build resilience to crisis are linked to the preservation of our Earth's resources and the stewardship of these. In this podcast series, we will be sharing 10 solutions for a climate resilient post-recovery through conversations with international thought leaders. Today we're talking with Barun Gurun. Thank you, Barun, for spending time with us to share your thoughts on institutional transformation and cultural change. You are an anthropologist who has been deeply involved in organizational change as a researcher and also as a trainer and a coach for gender integration. Do you think this pandemic serves as a trigger for organizational change in ways that disrupt organizations' internal norms and processes to make them better able to respond to crises? And if so, how? Yes, I think the pandemic provides an opportunity as well as a challenge for an organization to be better able to respond to existing existing, uh, situations of exclusion. Uh, In general, I think, the the other situations like uh, climate change uh, and other impingements (coughs) that have been uh, that exist as impingements for organizations to change have been of a very incremental nature. So in other words, there was no real urgency. Organizations had time and they could adapt slowly and they felt they could adapt mostly gradually and slowly. But what the pandemic does is it brings about an urgency and where the exclusion, the effects of exclusion are much more uh, dramatic and much more urgent. So there is a real, it creates a real uh, sort of imperative for organizations to be, to address those issues right now. So that's potentially good news for organizational transformation. How, what kind of changes are now required for institutions to become more nimble and more fit to address these challenges? and to become more resilient to future crises? Well, the most fundamentally, I think, organizations have to be inclusive. And they have to have as a goal, inclusion as a goal. What do I mean by inclusion? Uh, by inclusion, I mean the, the, the workforce and then the practices that will follow from that workforce must be, must represent all the various interests of its clients groups and of its beneficiary groups. And these type of interests can be based on uh, differences of gender, differences of ethnicity, uh, uh, differences of sexuality, and all the various needs and demands that, that impinge upon the organization to achieve its goals. So it seems that these um, challenges are both structural as well as cultural. 
And if you agree with that, what would you say are the mechanisms that exist that within these institutions and organizations that lead to both structural and cultural changes? Well, I'm glad you made that distinction between structure and culture. Primarily, if we have a quick glance at organizations, uh, though, though the word uh, the culture is, is often associated with organizations in, in, in most common discourse, but in practice, what really happens is that this, the actual changes, uh, the actual mechanisms that have been put in place are all of a structural nature. So you find a lot of organizations have adopted policies of inclusion. And these are primarily focused on inclusion of gender equality. And even uh, it goes some even further to include indigenous peoples and so on and so forth. However, the policy itself is not a sufficient driver of change. The policies must be translated into much more uh, sort of precise structural mechanisms of learning and change that usually exist within uh, organizations. And in the development sector, these uh, learning and change mechanisms are usually uh, represented by what we call monitoring and evaluation systems. So once you have policies that are reflected in monitoring and evaluation systems, uh, they, they represent uh, goals that the organizations might want to achieve that are, that are represented there. And these goals generally uh, can be short-term or long-term. So the short-term goals are usually, you know, very quite effectively represented there. But the long, longer-term social changes that are required uh, would, is what we would call outcomes, social outcomes and social changes that need to be represented there. So that, that's a, like one very sort of fundamental way of creating structural change. Once they become reflected in a long-term results-based uh, monitoring and evaluation systems within the organization, it creates a, an enabling environment for cultural change to also occur because uh, the practice then has to become consistent with uh, a higher level of social outcomes and social goals that are represented in the monitoring and evaluation. So it, it creates a nice sort of impetus for culture change to also happen as well. Another way of looking at change mechanisms within the organization for a structural way that also leads to uh, cultural change are moving what I would call from a multidisciplinary approach to a transdisciplinary approach. So usually in the development sector, most what we find is that there's a lot of emphasis on multidisciplinary teams. And one of the weaknesses of the multidisciplinary approach is that people from different disciplines are brought together and then in essence, just like, you know, asked to work together. And what, what really happens in practice is that each discipline does their own little thing. Okay. And there's no real, uh, real uh, interdisciplinary learning as we would as we would like a transdisciplinary approach is a much more precise approach that actually sort of brings together people from different interests and different disciplines and ask them to questions their 
fundamental uh, theoretical assumptions upon which their disciplines or their practice are based. So once people are familiar with what are the assumptions that sort of define their practice, it leads to a much better understanding of uh, how different interests and different disciplines can provide uh, produce a particular way uh, of knowledge, a particular way of doing things, and so on and so forth. So a move from a multidisciplinary to a transdisciplinary approach is a fundamental mechanism, I think, that exists and needs to be emphasized more to bring about culture change as well. So that's an interesting innovation. Um, we often hear about the siloing of staff within organizations, and this is particularly appropriate for climate-related responses where climate change, we're learning more and more, requires a comprehensive cross-sectoral approach. And I think this has been also a real challenge for organizations. Is, is there a capacity building aspect to any of this? And can you speak to how women in particular may be um, benefited by or not benefited by this sort of shift to, to this sort of a um, trans, uh, trans-sectoral approach? Well, the first step is there has to be a, some uh, there has to be a political commitment on the part of leadership to be say to sort of to make a statement and a conviction that things need to change the the way we do business has got to change and there has to be an also uh, based on this uh, on an understanding that the old sort of a multidisciplinary way of doing things has very serious limitations. And it has limitations, particularly in uh, uh, science-based organizations where a big focus is on a technological solution to climate change, a technological solution to poverty, a technological solution to exclusion and inclusion, and so forth. What this does is it creates a very linear solution to very complex and non-linear problems the old way of doing things. So a move to transdisciplinary approach will will include alternative approaches. And and one of the fundamental alternative approaches is uh, a feminist approach. So, So please explain what you mean about a feminist approach to this recovery and resilience. Okay, a feminist approach like if we take one of the like much more well, quite a very uh, persistent theme in the feminist theory is this what they call a standpoint theory and basically a standpoint theory is very consistent with what i'm calling a transdisciplinary approach in the sense that a standpoint theory uh, calls for an understanding of uh, context and an understanding of situatedness of different actors okay or different stakeholders or different interest groups, etc. And uh, so in that sense, a transdisciplinary approach is very consistent with the standpoint approach where we are trying to say, uh, if our clients and if our beneficial groups uh, have a diversity of interests based on their gender, based on their ethnicity, based on their sexuality, and based on their indigenous status, that it would, it would require the organization as well to be able to 
to capture that diversity in his practice and it's in his assessments, in his, in his planning, in his designer programs, and in his workforce. So this is how we establish a new normal, is what you're saying. That we, we focus on inclusion of diverse groups that reflect the diversity of the community and the society and their clientele, so to speak, or their target groups. And we also focus on a transdisciplinary approach. Uh, to conclude, Bruno, as we come to the end of this interview, I'd like to ask you what, you would be, what would be your call to action to organizational leaders for changes that they need to make today in order to increase resilience to crises such as those of climate and COVID that are coming in the near or distant future? I think organizational leaders uh, have to do three things. The first one is they have to ensure that the policies for inclusion, if they are not, if they are already there, need to be integrated much more precisely and fundamentally into their monitoring and evaluation systems. That's the one. The second thing they must do is they must have a hiring policy uh, for diversity, and diversity could be, you know, in, could mean inclusion of more women, inclusion of more uh, ethnic and indigenous uh, interests of different sexualities and of, of different disciplines. And this is particularly important in science and technology uh, organizations, that there has to be a representation of a diversity of disciplines, both from the technical field as well as from the social sciences. And lastly, there has to be a focus on building capacity of, of these various interest groups to be able to work in a transdisciplinary way and which I've already explained above, that the, that the move, there has to be a move from a multidisciplinary uh, bringing together of different disciplines to a much more uh, mutually, uh, mutually uh, reinforcing uh, transdisciplinary approach uh, to a particular set of problems and to a particular set of uh, solutions as well. Okay, thank you very much, Bern, for your insights into these um, issues and looking forward to working together to see how to make these institutions more nimble, better able to, to focus on uh, the inclusion aspects within their organizations to be able to better bring results uh, to bear on these crises. You've been listening to Orcan Podcast. 10 solutions for a feminist climate resilient recovery. If you want to know more about Wokan's activities, please go to www.wokan.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.